Area 52 Updates on Num Alaskan Aliens Adoption. The small rural town of Num in Alaska, is also known as Land of Loss, has been the scene for various people going missing over the last five decades. The cops and FBI have always tried to cover up the whole thing. <coughs> saying that these mysterious disappearances are happening because harsh weather, excessive consumption of alcohol. The fact that the city is in the remotest boundaries of the state of Alaska makes it even more mysterious as whether the cops are to believe or is something unusual about non-Alaska. Locals, however, strongly believe there is an extraterrestrial connection and the influence behind the people going missing. Here are some of the secrets about the whole chapter of non-Alaska alien abduction stories, the secrets of the abduction. UFO sightings is a very common phenomenon in non-Alaska. As per UFO enthusiasts, this region might be serving as some sort of command centre for extraterrestrial life on Earth. As per official records, about 40 people go missing in non-Alaska between 1960 the current times. However, as per local belief, the count of people who have gone missing is much higher and would actually be many hundreds, traces of whom are never be found again. Some true life instances. Alaskan Kevin James Dewaris was last seen on January 11, 1998, while his parents initially thought his appearance to be caused by some foul play. Later, on reports of UFO sightings in the air, forced him to believe that there is some connection between the UFOs and experience of Kevin. As per a video footage from the Alaskan police tapes that was recorded on the 5th of October 2003 am somewhere near Nom, a high-flying saucer is seen hovering over a house. All of a sudden, there's huge interference being observed in, on the video. One terrifying voice of the scared patrolling officer is heard fleetly before he claims that something was pulling people to the house and taking them on board a flying, flying object. The whole abduction process gets over in a matter of 30 seconds as the flying saucer shoots off in the sky and the ceases to be, be there. But base abduction of non-movie in movies, Dr. Abigail, Bases of various abduction stories have been floating in the air on Nome, Alaska. A, a, a Hollywood film was released, a full kind, in 2009. The film revolves around the various cases studies of local psychotherapist Dr. Abigail Tyler. The film features real-life video footage of the progressive hypnosis sessions that Dr. Tyler had conducted with her patients. The video footage is which are allegedly real, have been shot during the sessions, offer some of the most compelling evidence of various alien adoptions that happened in the history of mankind. Dr. Abigail.
that's how I dealt with it. And no matter what you believe, the recordings do not lie. We're talking about things that Hi, you've been listening to Area 52. Update on Noom Alaskan Aliens Adduction. With audio from Dr. Abigail. The interview. Thank you for listening. Bye. Welcome to Area 52. When the German UFOs buzzed the White House and the Air Force blamed the weather. In 1947, a conference in Stockholm. We will be back, but in no way the world will be never forget. Martin Bohem, Hitler's confident. The UFOs we see are flown by people for the German Empire, hidden away throughout the world. September 6, 2018. When a slew of saucer-like sightings reported off of Washington, be seen. In 1952, the Air Force blocked this own investigator from checking them out. Page Rude, 1952, was a year America caught flying source of fever. So when a rash of strange sightings reported over the skies in Washington, D.C., that summer the press and the public demanded answers. Were the explained radios blips crafts, in some cases outrun jets, Parts of a nuclear armed Soviet invasion, a very real threat, a height, the Red Scare, or the evidence of something more mysterious. The Washington DC sightings of July 1952, known as the Bleak Flap, hold a special place in the history of UFOs. Major American newspapers were reportedly multiple credible sightings by civilian and military radar 
radar operators and pilots, so many that a special intelligence unit of the U.S. Air Force was sent to investigate what they found or didn't find, along with the Air Force official explanation, fueled some of the earliest conspiracy theories about a government plot to hide evidence of alien life. Yovamania takes hold. It all started in 1947 when a search and rescue pilot named Keith Arnold reported nine saucer like things flying like geese in dianical chains, line, chain like line at speeds exceeding 1,000 miles per hour near Mount Rainer in Washington State. In weeks, flying saucers. Shit sightings have been reported in 40 other states. In the name of national security, Air Force General Nathan Twining launched Project Sign, officially Project Saucer, in 1948, the first official military intelligence program to collect information on UFO sightings. Investigators dismissed the vast majority of hoaxes on misidentification of known Air Force craft and natural phenomena. But few cases remain unexplained. By 1952, the UFO investigator unit was called Project Blue Book, led by Captain Edward Rupert and White Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Idaho. Rupert and his teams would probably have continued to investigate a couple dozen sightings that month, if not for April 52 issue of Life magazine. Just a bit of a cover shot of Marion Monroe ran an equally eye-catching headline. This, there is a case of intermediary sources. The article written by Rupert's full corporation is explained the Air Force natural security interest in UFOs and made a convincing case, though a colourful retelling of ten UFO incidences is plain. But these undefined objects were extraterrestrial in origin, as one rocket scientist working on secret projects for the US told the light magazine, I'm completely convinced we have had out the world base have out of world bases. According to Washington Post, the number of UFO sightings reported to the Air Force jumped over more than sixfold in to 23, from 23 in March 1925 to 128, 148 in June. By July, the precise conditions were placed for wildfire, UFO mania, widespread civil war anxiety, mainstream press coverage, unexplained UFO incidents and healthy dose amidst some madness. All was needed was a spark. Mysterious radar blips buzzing over the White House. Shortly before midnight on Saturday, July 19th, 1952, air traffic controller Edward Niggert at Washington National Air Force spotted seven slow-moving objects to his, on his radar screen. Far from known for, from any known civilian military flight paths. He called over to his supervisor and joked about a fleet of flying saucers. At the same time, two more air traffic controllers at National spotted a strange bright light hovering the distance as suddenly zipped away by incredible speed. 
A nearby Andrews Air Force Base radar operators were getting the same unidentified blips, slow and clustered at first, and racing away at speed exceeding 7,000 miles per hour. Looking out his tower window, one Andrews controller saw that what he described as orange ball of light trailing a trail. Commercial pilot cruising above Virginia, Washington area reported as six streaking light, bright lights like falling stars without trails. When the radio operators of National tried watching objects buzz past the White House and Capitol building, the UFO joke stopped. Two F-94s intercepted jets were scrambled, but each time they approached the location appearing on the radio screen, the mysterious blitz would disappear. By dawn 20... July 20th, the objects were gone. Nobody bothered to tell Rupert, the Air Force leader, Project Blue, investigating about sightings. He found out a few days later he flew into Washington, D.C. and found, read news reports. Rupert tried to put, get out to National and then was to interview radar operators and air traffic controllers, but, but was, has denied the government issued car or even a cab fare. Especially he went back to Ohio with nothing. That very Saturday, the UFOs were back again, nation's capital again. Rupert found out through a phone call from a reporter, immediately called two Air Force colleagues to check out the situation at National. The same radar blitz went back, and the radar operators wondered how loud if a dozen or so objects on these screens couldn't be summarized. Temperature version, a common phenomenon, DC's hot, muggy summer months. Eventually, a temperature insertion occurs and a layer warm forms in a low atmosphere and trapping cool air beneath. Radar signals can bounce off this layer. A single angles and mistakenly show near ground objects as appearing above the sky. Rupert's Air Force colleagues, however, were convinced the object on the radio screen wasn't ranges, mirages, but solid aircraft. To be safe, two more F-94 jets were scrambled to chase down the identified targets appearing on radio screens of both National and Andrews. A game of high-speed whack-a-mole ensued where the jets would race to a location targeted by radio, and if the blips did vanish. Finally, one of the jet pilots caught sight of the bright light in the distance and a gave chase. I, I tried to make contact with a bit bogeys below a hundred thousand feet of the pilot late to top reporters. I saw several bright lights at maximum speed, but even I was not closing speed. I ceased chasing them because there was no chance of overtaking them. Virgin gas ma- ma- panic mass Mass panic and disrupted theory. The next day, the newspaper headlines across America streamed sources swarm over Capitol and Jack Chase, DC Sky Ghosts. A publicity public game over sightings are so great the public president Henry Truman himself asked aides to get advances. A cold repeat. He said he could have, could have seen called by temperature versions and some more investigations were needed to fully explain both the radar images and credible eyewitnesses' accounts. Before 
such an in-depth investigation take, could take place, the Air Force called a press conference, the longest such news event ever since World War II. And Air Force class had decided about constructing movement all the Project Blue Book that the best response to citing was to feed them to the press and public to easy and shallow swallow explanation. Dodging scientific, scientific questions about the pilots and radiator, radar operators as seen as skies over the capital. Major John Sta- Ge- Major General John Stanford came back again and again to temp- to do the Temperature virgin territory. Never mind that Rupert has since come come to the opposite conclusion. Now, investigators have ruled out inversion, said the Adrenia Rodata, editor of UFO News in Maine. Reading the, the, the reading during the specification ranks, the soldiers of Capital Major John Stafford came back again and again to temperature and virgin theory. Never mind that Rupert ever ever since the opposite conclusion. Investigators have rolled out a virgin, said uh, Lena Rodis, editor of the UFO site, the Open Minds. They explained that situation. Radar operators said inversion happened. We know that inversions look like this is not a virgin. This is not the same at all. To Rupert's disappointment, Air Force Press Conference Conference worked exactly as planned. The papers reported a temperature inversion story and the public largely seemed to accept it. In his nineteen fifty six book, the report on of and to identify flying objects, Rupert reports after the conference, UFO sightings dropped from 50 a day to 10 a day. Skeptics, however, weren't satisfied with the PAC government response. They accused the Air Force of Project New Blue Book investigations of dreamless behaviour and secret knowledge. It, still, it wasn't until Project Blue Book documents were made public that when the UFO sleuths could see the closest thing to government cover up. UFO sightings in the nation capital. Actually, conspiracy immigrants. Washington UFL. That perfectly illustrates the real government's cover up, says Nick Pope, a UFO geneticist who helps to run the UFO investigation unit for the British military. Truth about UFOs, they're from, from the people rather than the government doing its best to keep people from realizing they have all the answers. The end. You've been listening to the Holes of the Mark podcast show. No, you haven't. You've been listening to it. Area 52, when in Germany UFOs buzzed the White House and the Air Force blamed the weather. Area 52, close encounters of the fifth kind, the lead mask case. 
On August the 17th of 1966, Manuel Pereira da Cruz and Miguel Jose Villinia left their hometowns of Campos dos Goiulata Cayezades, telling neighbours and family they were needed for to purchase materials for work. Later evidence told that the two purchased their waterproof coats in Gota Cavities. They also purchased a large jug of water from a nearby calf. When interviewed by the authorities, the calf's witnesses said, stated that Miguel was very nervous, saying that he frequently checked his watch and addressed the matter as though in a hurry. Three days later, on the afternoon of August 20th, the two were discovered dead on the top of Vindim Hill of Muro da Vindimum by a young boy out flying his kite, positioning their bodies described as orderly, lying next to each other over flat, each, each other flat on their backs, dressed in proper formal attire, which was covered by waterproof coats and wearing lead masks. They had with them a bucket of water, a small amount of towels, but the most eerie was a note that read, 1630, Estia no loco de Dio, 1860, 1830, Igrario capitias opolius acada which translates as 1630, 14.30, 4.30pm, to be agreed place, 18.60, 6.30pm, shallow capsules, after effect, protect metals, wait for signal, mask. Also included amongst them two men's possessions, with a series of electronic carts, purpose which to this day never been determined. Both had money in their wallets, and no signs of a struggle, which quickly ruled out a robbery. More so, neither of the two had any visible wounds. News of the bizarre discovery quickly spread in the surrounding area, becoming known as the El Casio de Mascaras do Cumbio, which infamously is called the Lead Man's Case. Given Nero's, especially Vindim Hill, reputation that slain and in front of her, and UFO sightings are not prone to be believing such things, attributed to death to a suicide pact. Not unlike Heaven Gates suicides. During it, several days later, details of the autopsy was leaked. It was learned publicly that Miguel Manuelo Bell's bodies had been found in a mature state of decomposition. Tracing the jewel's footsteps from the Campios de Dos Gorreteceras to Natrorei. And well, including the long hike up of Vindham Hill, their arrival on the top couldn't have been earlier than the evening of the 19th, the day before they were found, making the level decompetition impossible. Strangely yet, as the state of their internal organs, which is described as liquefied. They mentioned shallow capsules and led to intense investigation, hoping to discover poisoning as the cause of death, but in the end all poisons were ruled out. 
Suddenly, speculations being tossed around that two men attempted to time travel succeeded to some degree, but with disastrous consequences. UFO enthusiasts still admit the event was of a successful attempt and contact aliens and again with disastrous some consequences. In fact, the lead mask case had been classified as a close encounter of this kind and given a 443 SP credibility rating. Despite all that, there's no one theory that fully explains what happened to Mandalore, Peter Ocruz, and, and Miguel Jez Verna on Vintum Hill. You've been noticing the holes of your mark pock, uh, uh, Area 52. Now I've been talking about close encounters of the third kind, fifth kind, the lead mass.